Hold on, yeah, I'm just gonna add. I'm gonna update it really quickly. You're an anonymous goose. That's what it says. Yeah, I don't know why that's a thing. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of the Two on One podcast with Adam and Alex. Alex, we are back. Where are Hi, we? Adam. Yeah, we are back. Alex, we're going to do a stu- in-studio podcast today, but it's freezing rain and there's a blizzard. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I was woken up to the sound of freezing rain against my window. Really? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, and I'm looking out. I have one of my blinders open, and I can see just snow and wind and nothing fun. <laughs> what do you mean? It's a snow. Hmm. It's so much fun. It's been a bit more of an enjoyable week, I would say, compared to last week. But like the season still isn't that fun. Compared to last month. Yeah, I mean, your team isn't on a seven-game losing streak. Uh, not yet. Not anymore. No, I mean, they probably. I, I saw some shenanigans about a no goal, but we'll obviously get to that. I was too busy playing Star Wars. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order late last night, but uh, yeah, to watch the Leafs game. Uh, don't blame me. Star Wars is awesome. But That's anyway, fair. Alex, you know how we start the podcast. Uh, uh, Alex, Alex, if you were a Jedi, what color would your lightsaber be? Green. Uh, that means that you would. Uh, you're you're especially uh, good with the Force. You know, sure. like like Yoda and that. Uh, yeah. Sure. Uh, anyway, that's when everyone stopped listening. You know how we start the show, Alex. The Power Hour. Yes. Presented yeah. by no one. Uh, are you just stealing all my jokes now? No, we just haven't. You haven't said it in a while. Oh, well, we're working on it. Well, five hour energy, you know. Uh, if, you, if you ever need to get through the news, you should have five hour energy. Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, though, um, let's get it out of the way now. Yeah. Bill Peters, uh, quote unquote, resigns from the Calgary Flames. Jeff Ward, former assistant coach in Boston with Claude Julian, actually uh, is the interim head coach of the Calgary Flames. Alex, we all saw it coming, but yeah, it was quite obvious as soon as they suspended him from coaching. It was quite obvious. It was just a, a legal issue at that point. What do you think of how it is a, a, a I, I hinted at it before, a quote-unquote like Bill Peters resigns? What, sorry, what are, you, what are you asking? How do you feel about the fact that this has become Bill Peters resigning instead of the, 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 the thing of, oh, we have decided to go different ways. There is a firing. Instead, the, it looks like the way they've gone is a resignment. Well, he sent his letter of resignation. So as soon as that happens, they're not going to say, oh, we fired him. Because then it comes it. There there are three ways that this was going to go. He was either going to resign. He was going to get fired or his contract was going to get terminated. Now, my guess is, is that they didn't have they couldn't really. I don't know the legal. The legal stuff that went on behind, but. 
he probably was not looking good for Bill Peters. No, no. So he resigned. At the end of the day, he's not a coach in the NHL. I think if people are still upset about this, that that that's how it that it went that way. Just remember, he's not a coach in the NHL anymore. After because of this situation, I saw a lot of people giving Sportsnet for the um, the discussion they were doing last night. And if you have a problem with like how the Bill Peters thing is going, if you're somehow on Bill Peters' side, uh, I, you know, playing devil's advocate here, Alex, he was gonna get, he was going to get fired anyway. The Flames were losing and couldn't score any goals. I don't. If listen, if this situation didn't come out, I don't think he was going to be fired. Not not now. He if he made it to Christmas, I would have been amazed. You're ruining Johnny Goudreau. But was it the coach? Because, it's, listen, in Toronto, it was obvious it was the coach. There were major problems in the locker room. There were It literally looked like they didn't care on the ice. I don't know if it was the same in Calgary. I, I haven't watched enough Calgary Flames games to make that assessment. But I didn't think that was the case. I go off a thing of it was talked about in 31 Thoughts podcast. And also, Adam Wilde has always been somebody that going back to his time in Carolina with Bill Peters, I mean, not Adam Wilde, obviously, uh, that there was always something wrong. And looking at how Calgary were performing, I just, I can't see a situation before the whole racism allegations and all this stuff comes out where Bill Peters doesn't make it to the new year as the head coach of the Calgary Flames. Well, now we don't have to talk about it because he's not the head coach of the Calgary Flames. Thank so. God. Jeff Ward taking over as interim. I don't know much about Jeff Ward, but I know Claude Julien has some good things to say. But anyway, Alex, uh, there were a bit more shenanigans when it came to this whole uh, Bill Peters stuff. Now, previous, previously, of course, there was the former owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, if you rem- people are going to remember this guy by he was the person who I'm stalling to find the tweet. Uh, this was Peter Carmanos. If you remember, this guy was trying to sell the team at the same time when he was in a lawsuit with his own kids. <laughs> he originally claimed that he didn't know about the Peters incident with uh, Michael Jordan about you know the allegation be punch kick one of that sort of shenanigans. So then Bill Peters ends up so not Bill Peters. Our our guy Ron Francis comes out and, and issues a bit of a statement here. I'm going to read it to you. Quote, when I was general manager in Carolina, after a game, a group of players and hockey staff members made me aware of the physical incidents involving two players and Bill Peters. I look, I sorry, uh, I took this matter very seriously. I took immediate action to address the matter and briefed ownership. To my knowledge, no further incidents occurred. I would have, it would have been inappropriate for me to comment publicly while an active investigation was being conducted by another team. I will not comment on this matter further. So he says he told ownership. Ownership is saying they didn't tell him. Yeah, oh it's messy. It's messy. Yeah. I neither of us know what actually happened, right? So I I don't I can't really comment on it because we're getting two different sides here of what 
of what happened. Apparently, ownership didn't know, but apparently, ownership did know. If if ownership knew, apparently, he was going to be fired. Right? That's what uh, Peter Carmano said. I don't know what to think. You know what's really funny to me, Alex? You know when we'll find out is when the NHL, like, they're doing their investigation, but they are going to talk to Ron Francis about the situation. They're probably going to talk to Peter Carmanos about this situation. They're definitely going to call the Chicago Blackhawks and talk to them about this situation. So maybe those facts won't become public, but someone will find out and something will happen. Do you know what I think may have been one of the best tweets of the week? Tell me. So it was Elliot Friedman who quote tweeted the Francis statement and said, well, Carmano said that he wasn't told about it. And the top reply was a picture of Mark Andre's flurry, like his, his save of the year against Toronto, and just saying all of this was because of this save. <laughs> I... <laughs> Mark Andre Fleury is just like changed the league. Oh, it's it is messy. Now at the same time, uh, I'm just gonna throw that back there. Uh, just get it out of the way because it's it's a bit of a sad story. But uh, Mark Andre Fleury, uh, one of the nicest people in the NHL, from all accounts that you see. Unfortunately, lost his father, age 63, to cancer. Alex. We don't really say it as a joke, you know, but, you know, cancer just sucks. And it's unfortunate to see something happen like this. But, you know, our best wishes to Mark andre Fleury, the family. We knew, we talked about last episode how he was gone indefinitely with personal reason. And we find out this is what happens. So, you know, best best wishes to Fleury and his family. Uh, moving on, though. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings have made a trade, Alex. Yeah, they traded. Uh, I'm gonna try say his name, Villies Sariarvi, for Eric Comrie. I think that's as good as you're gonna get. Probably. So this is an interesting trade for Eric Comrie, by the way, from the Gears. Yeah. I don't know what Detroit's thinking, but listen, they've done some great things lately. I mean, they still have the worst goal difference and they are probably going to finish bottom of the league or at least close to it. They hope they will. I wonder if because Jimmy Howard, his contract is up at the end of the year. I don't know what their plans are with Eric Comrie because Comrie has two more years left. So does Bernier. I don't know what Comrie's potential could necessarily be. But right now, Jimmy Howard is on the IR after an injury against the Leafs, lower body injury. What happens when he comes back? Do they send him through waivers? Do they trade him again? I, I just, I just, I wonder what's going on. But you know what? Steve Eisenman also traded for Robbie Fabry, and he has nine points in 11 games. So, you know what? He knows what he's doing. Stevie Y is a wizard. He knows what he's doing. We all know this. Uh, I wanted to bring up Connor Hellebuck quickly, because 
somehow we have completely forgotten about him when it comes to the whole Winnipeg situation. I'm going to get his numbers up very quickly. I thought I, I have had. I have his numbers. Then please give the lovely listeners his numbers. He has a 933 save percentage and a 2.23 goals against average. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know why the Jets are in it, it's cuz of Connor Hellebuck. Yes, for sure. He they, he's keeping them afloat, especially with their defense which really does not look good. Alex, what is an appropriate speed to drive out in this weather, may I ask? Uh, below the speed limit. All right. Good to know. Good to know. If you were, if somebody was going 50 in an 80, would you be okay with that in this weather? That might be pushing it. Okay, then. We can talk about that later, then. Just because I'm seeing stuff on Facebook. I think people are being a little lippy. lippy. Uh, speaking of being lippy and being a little crazy, you know who's pretty nuts? Connor Hellebuck. Uh, I I was gonna say Carly Zucker, but yeah, her too. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the I saw the tweet. I saw the tweet. <laughs> I saw the tweet. She's pretty funny, eh? Well, I think it, everyone knows her after the um, <laughs> after she literally just called out Minnesota. Yeah. And this just adds on to it. I also want to take a moment of silence for Clayton Keller's balls. Oh yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't actually see the the um, when he ran when he got went first to the post. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> but, like it could have been. It could have been a lot worse. He wasn't going that fast in, but it was it was hard to watch nonetheless. No, man, I don't know if it could have been worse. Oh, hey, listen, you're going fast enough? Let me tell you. Uh, I want to give a belated happy birthday. You know whose birthday it was yesterday? Whose was it? It was Yuppie's. Happy birthday. He, he had some <laughs> mascot at the Bell Center to celebrate it, uh, yeah. which I thought was really weird because, you know, he had the Patriots mascot, which is like, wait, what? Why is the Patriots mascot here? He had the Ducks mascot, he had the Sharks mascot, and he had Gritty, who hugged. Why was the Patriots mascot there? That's a little... That that was a little weird. Apparently, the two greatest franchises in sports are friends, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do about it? Uh, There was some news regarding Jesse Pugliarvi, of course, Alex. I'm just going to ignore you said that. What? I'm just going to ignore you said that. Okay, well, anyway... um, so the deadline for Jesse Pooley Harvey to sign the NHL is in a few hours. I believe it's 5 p.m. today, December 1st. And apparently uh, to Rick DeLowell, I know I didn't say it, on TSN 1040, he said a Pooley Harvey to the Rangers trade nearly happened a few weeks ago, but it fell through Ken Holland asking for a lot. Doesn't think he'll be moved before the deadline. Well, you know what the thing is, is uh, last night on headlines, they reported that even if Pugliari's traded, he would like to stay in Finland uh, for the rest of the year. So I don't know how much, t- how many teams would be interested in something like that. My guess is teams will come back around around the draft, maybe when 
he'd rather come back to North America unless he's unless he's done with North America, which I'd I, I I'd find hard to believe, unless he has a really good season in Finland. Which hey, he's doing that so far. The other uh, RFA that still is unsigned is Julius Honka. Oh, you forgot about him. So apparently he wants to come back to North America this year. And uh, I don't know how much interest there is in him, but apparently there are still a couple teams that are looking at him. There are teams who could use a right-handed defenseman. Not going to say who. You know? (laughs) But... uh, you know what? Is it good for Jesse? He's staying where he's doing well. He's home. He's comfortable. We're gonna talk about another player who went home recently, and he looks like he's doing better. So you never know. Uh, you know who's really, really lippy though? Who? Brad Marchand. Oh, who doesn't so, love that guy? Um, you know, anyone outside the boss. It's only way there's some sort of predicament where he must have gotten a hit to the head. And after the game, this is a quote from old Brad Marchand. This is him on concussion spotters taking him out of the start of the third period. <clears throat> quote, they had 15, 20 minutes to make that call before they did. They need to stop eating hot dogs and pizza up on the ninth floor and get their heads out their butts. Pay attention. Now, he must have gotten into some hot water because he had to apologize. And he said, my emotions up. Yeah, my emotions got the best of me after today's game. I didn't want to miss any shifts with us being down 2-1. to one. I know spotters are there to help us, and I shouldn't take my frustrations out on them. Now, of course, we don't like Brad Marchand because he's really good, and he plays for the Bruins. But I am 100% on his side there. And I understand why he probably had to apologize. Right. See the thing. What I have, what I have a problem with, is now everyone's losing their mind. When was the last time you saw that? Because I watch, I watch quite a like. I think I watch more than the average hockey fan watches hockey games, and I don't see players getting pulled 15, 20 minutes after the fact. The most I see on a regular basis is five minutes max, and. You also have to remember that they can pull players after a hit if they see any potential signs of concussions. So it's not that they were sitting there eating hot dogs. It was that they probably saw something. And it's, I don't know. I just think it's kind of stupid to say something like that. Listen, 20 minutes too long and that's all i'm gonna say but, but it's heard- not that it's too long you're not listen to what i'm saying after the fact of the hit if they see signs of concussion throughout that game they can pull him out yeah so what so they are obvi- the side they must they okay if they concussion symptoms don't come right away yeah, but you can see a hit to the head right away. Correct. So they must have saw something after which provoked them to pull him from the game. Alex. 
Adam. I don't agree with you. We've had this discussion about safety yeah. so many times. I'm not saying it was wrong to pull him at the end of the day. That's right. But I mean, you know, get your shit together. Oh, I'm sorry. Second time. Second time. It's the second time I've sworn? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What was the first time? Like seven minutes in. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Got all this work to do. Um, did you know at 34 years old, 73 days, Alex Ovechkin is the second youngest player in NHL history to score 675 goals? This was before he had a hat trick last night, by the way. Was uh, Is the first player Wayne Gretzky? I have no clue. Sportsnet stats did not put that out, but I would assume it's Wayne Gretzky. If we just go to, I'm going to quickly bring up the NHL all time goals list. And I want to know where exactly our young men. Alexander Ovechkin is. So right now, he is number 12 on the list. He most recently, yeah, we know he passed um, oh, Robitaille. He's only behind our guy, Solani, by about six goals. God, yeah, he'll probably hit 700 at the end of the year, and it'll be around eighth or seventh. Sorry, how many does he have right now? I just closed it. God damn it, Alex. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Technical difficult. He has, he has 678. Yeah, yeah. He, he'll he pass 700. No problem. He's decent. No problem. He'll pass, pass 700. Uh, I want to read you a tweet quickly from Mark Dumont of The Athletic. And I just... I want to give you context here, but I, I feel like if you watch hockey, you're going to know what this means. Sometimes I feel like less is more when it comes to color commentary. God, they talk too much. What? I don't know. What's uh, What are you trying to get at? No, that was a Mark Dumont tweet. All I'm going to say is John Bartlett and Gary Galley have the call in the halves game. Okay. Gary Galley gets a lot of the color stuff when Montreal are playing. Yeah, and you it, said sometimes less is more. Yeah, and like Mark Dumont says, you know, less is more. That's all I'm going to say about it. Okay. I, I think it's a problem when you hear the color guy talk more than the play-by-play guy is all I'm going to say. Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I don't like Gary Galley. Anyway, um, oh really? I could, I would have never guessed. Uh, the Penguins are boned, so nothing's changed, but they're still scoring, so and winning. Uh, so Brian Dumoulin has underwent successful ankle surgery uh, to repair a lacerated tendon in his left ankle. He is expected to be sidelined for a minimum of eight weeks. Oh boy! Is it really? Oh boy! I feel like we keep having this conversation. I mean, it sucks for him. Yeah, it sucks for him, but they're still going to go and continue winning games and definitely make the playoffs because they have Evgeny Malkin. And then when Evgeny Malkin is there too, they also have Sidney Crosby. He's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. So, the like I get their defenses. I don't even know what their defense is at this point. It's pretty much Chris Letang and Marcus Patterson. I mean, they also have Jack Johnson, but do you really want me to include that name? 
Moving on to Taylor Hall. Right. So this is from Pierre Lebrun, my boy, probably one of my favorite guys in the industry is Pierre Lebrun. Hearing that the Devils have started to listen from teams on Taylor Hall doesn't mean they will for sure trade him, but given their place in the standings and the magnitude of potential deal, GM Ray Shiro is now in listening mode. Massive news, but also Greg Rashinsky, who is a noted Devils fan, says to forward Pierre Lebrun's report the Devils are, quote, listening on Taylor Hall and perhaps apropos of nothing. I want to ask you what that means in a second, Alex. But I've heard New Jersey has scouted Colorado at all levels this season, a logical potential partner from a cap talent coming back perspective. That said, Devils have played around a 91-point pace for nearly 20 games and have stabilized some of the problems it had in that horrible start, not convinced they're selling this early. <laughs> no, they're they're selling. They're I don't know if they're selling, but it necessarily everything. But I think Taylor Hall, if you're not going to re-sign Taylor Hall, and you know that for a fact, which at this point it seems quite likely that he's not coming back to uh, the Devils, I would try to see what you can get from him. Because I, I think there's a note that the Habs missed the playoffs of 96 points, and Greg Rashinsky is saying they won't trade Taylor Hall when they're on pace for 91 in the past 10 games. Come on. Yeah. He's leaving, it, Greg. Yeah, but the thing is, if they think they have a chance to sign him, I don't know if they trade him. Dude, he's because leaving. Because then. No, I know. I know he's leaving. I'm just, yeah. It's hard. It's, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to, for New Jersey to admit that he's leaving though. Yeah, but Greg Urshinsky, you know, you know, I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, but no, he's leaving. Right. And it's good to know that it's a, that things are heating up, Alex. Yeah, we'll see. I saw someone, there was a rumor, we talked about it last week, but of uh, Colorado, and -hmm. it was Connor Timmins, Shane Bowers, and I believe a conditional first. That was the rumor. And that would work for New Jersey because it looks like they need defense because it doesn't seem like they're going to get any decent goaltending anytime soon. Unless you're playing Montreal, then you just look like all-star goalies. Um, Do you want me to hang up right now? Yeah, I'll finish the show by myself. That's okay. Okay, I'm going to go on Twitter then. Enjoy it. Okay. But it take. I think something they need to focus on is their defense because I don't think they're going to get any goalies or a decent goalie from this trade because who's willing to give up a goalie or who's willing, willing to give up a goalie prospect. Not a lot of teams. Okay. He's just going to ignore me. I'll continue. Okay. Let's go to the read of the week. (laughs) So I'll tell you what I picked. And then if Adam wants to talk, Adam can, oh, Alex, can tell us his you. pick. Mine is from Arpin Basu of The Athletic. Uh, with their season teetering on the brink, the Canadians must prove the potential power of a good loss. 
Oh, that's good. I picked uh, one from Michael Russo, and it is, Who's the real Miko Koivu? On the brink of his thousandth game with the Wild, those closest to him reveal all. I feel like we don't know much about Miko Koivu. Um, he's the second best Koivu, as I can tell you. And he's always been somebody left out of the Selkie conversation. He's been one of the most like, criminally underrated players in the league forever, is Miku Koivu. I wonder why. Because his brother's better. And he happens to play Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Like, forever. We haven't he's heard ha- disastrous out of there, but they haven't done anything. That's the problem. Yeah, that's exactly the problem. There's nothing there. What is there to do? They cannot get rid of anybody because their contracts are horrendous. Not Jason Zuckers. That's the only player you're going to you're going to trade. You can trade Coyville. Yeah, but do you want anyone to play defense on that team? No, you want to start losing and be, be bad. Yeah, but you just signed Jared Spurgeon to whatever that contract was. You have all these players on ridiculous contracts. See, I don't think it would be that difficult to move Spurgeon, if I'm being honest. It's like Yossi. It's going to be a great contract for three, four years, but after that's a problem. And Let's be honest. David Poyle doesn't look at the Roman Yossi deal and think, I'll be here by the end of that. No, he doesn't. Uh, what t- Okay, fine. I, I don't think you can lose with this team. I really don't. I mean, they're doing it right now. <laughs> yeah, but you can't. You, you know what I mean. They're not. You can't. You're not going to bottom out with this team. No. Which has been the problem in that in Minnesota for how long? Um, uh, longer than I've been a fan of hockey. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to uh, the segments. So, so Alex, would you light $11 million on fire? Depends on the situation. See, Alex, I don't know if I'm just like, is this like if, if I'm just overvaluing $11 million here. So, last year, there was a fascinating situation. So, over the summer of uh, 2018, Patrick Berglund gets... He's a piece in the trade that brings Ryan O'Reilly to the St. Louis Blues from the Buffalo Sabres. And, you know, eventually the Blues would go on to win the Cup. Berglund was there for a long time. He loved the, loved the city, loved the players that he played with, loved everything about the city. But apparently there was a situation where his agent, now I'm just going at the, at, at, at the time of this trade, his agent did not send in his no trade clause, which is 20 teams that he could not be committed <clears throat> to. Buffalo was going to be one of those teams. Now, he ends up playing on the fourth line there. Things are going well. Remember, Buffalo, it was good for a little bit there. They had that 10-game winning streak. Then they were the worst team in the league for the rest of the year. And he's not happy about it. Because, of course, he got traded to a team You know, he didn't want to go to. His love, for not for the first time, we hear that somebody who played in Buffalo has lost their love of the game. And yeah, but that's, it wasn't a Buffalo issue. It was quite I, clear. I, I know, but I just want to. I just think it's really funny that the second player in Buffalo, what's happened to? So then he, they end up terminating his contract, and he disappears for like seven months until he ends up playing in Sweden again. 
He's the captain of one of the, like, the Swedish top leagues or whatever. So Sportsnet's Chris Johnson, CJ, great guy, decide, he, you know, he ends up doing this fantastic story for Sportsnet. It airs yesterday. First, it was, it was really weird. It was on YouTube earlier in the day. Then they took it down to play it on the hockey night, which you know, was weird. And he does this amazing sit-down interview with, uh, with Patrick Berglund and all this, going into the stories of it. And then there's some shenanigans that comes out that Elliot Friedman talks about that no Berglund's agent asked him for the trade list and, and verbally and over the paper and Berglund never gave it to him. But then Berglund's still saying no, like the agent messed it up and all the shenanigans and he's thinking about an NHL return and there's just it's it's still weird to me, Alex. And we're gonna go like more in depth in this now. That he walked away from eleven million dollars. Just like that, I, I, that is a, a a that changes your grandchildren's life. Does eleven million dollars? I don't think it does with him. This this story is so much. It's bigger than for him. It was bigger than hockey. It was more than just hockey, right? He got traded from St. Louis. And he got traded to Buffalo, which he did not want to get traded to. And that affected him from July from July 2nd to December, whenever his contract was terminated. It wasn't that he got traded to Buffalo. It's not that it was Buffalo that was the problem. The problem started on July 2nd when he was traded. I, From his perspective, I fully understand what he did. And I get walking away from eleven million dollars is a huge, is a huge thing, but he was just not happy at all. From what I get, from what I'm getting from the ten minute piece that uh, CJ did, it did not seem like he was happy at all. So he went back to Sw- Sweden. I don't see it as big as a concern as I get. I don't know. It seems like you. See it as a concern or no? Sorry, say that again. You cut out over Sky. Do you see it? Do you see what he did as a concern? Oh, it's just uh, Alex. Oh, so he ended up his contract ended up being terminated on December fifteenth. All right, and and uh, it's just I can't get over that. I I there like this. The whole stuff with the the no trade clause, and does this happen, Alex? If Buffalo are complete garbage, I know he said yes, it yes. It uh, it was quite obvious it wasn't. That was taped in August. I don't know about that. Winning does a lot, Alex. That it was taped in August. Was as that in, not taped? As in like August twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. That's a year after the trade. Like, uh, dude. There was obviously bad relations. I don't think it has to do with Buffalo. There was... Even if it's not the number one reason, I can't see how it's not. There was obviously bad relationship there because... At first, there was a, the games he had missed towards the end was, was said to be an illness. But then Phil Housley said, let's be honest... 
It's not that. It's hilarious to me that in the interview that CJ did, Jack Eichel said he didn't even know or claimed to not know what was going on, but Oscar Sundquist and William Carlson, who played for different teams, knew that there was something up. When was I Oscar When was Oscar Sundquist traded? When was they're Swedish? When was Oscar Sundquist traded to St. Louis? I thought they signed him from Pittsburgh. Or signed him. When was he brought in? I want. I'm looking up hockey DB right now. It says his first time with the Blues was 17-18. So Berglund was still there. Yes. No? Okay. So that's why Oscar Sundquist knows. William Carlson is Swedish, and that's the only thing I can think of. They must have known each other from before. Yeah, but Jack Eichel is the captain of your team. Again, he was quiet. He said that it was was that not made. Like, did they not say that in the interview? He kept to himself. Himself said yes. Right, so if he kept to himself, how is Jack Eichel going to know? Because that's your leader, dude. That's your franchise. You're telling me Ovechkin doesn't keep, or Crosby doesn't, or Shea Weber, John Tavares. So whose problem problem is that? What? Whose problem is that, that Jack Eichel didn't know? I think it's more than just Jack Eichel's problem. That's the entire Buffalo Sabres organization. How did you miss such a problem where a guy left a million, a million, eleven million dollars on the table, Alex? There's something more here than just him being unhappy. And I, I cannot believe it's not something to do with Buffalo. I can't. It's not a coincidence that Ryan O'Reilly went to. Remember, this is uh, Ryan O'Reilly's the guy who once won a Lady Bing Trophy, had one minor penalty one year, only for having a broken stick. Not long after, has the Hotel Tip Orange incident, loses his love of the game in Buffalo, then goes all of a sudden to St. Louis and is the goddamn Consmite Trophy winner. There is, you can't tell me that, that there's not some giant part of this to do with Buffalo. I can't believe I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is this major problem started way before he even arrived in Buffalo. Before he stepped foot in Buffalo, the problem started before that. I need to Did ask it, you this, Alex. Do you, who do you think messed up? Was it Berglund or his agent? Because they're pointing fingers at each other, and I find it very interesting that he seems to have the same agent. Well, it's the same thing as as what we were talking about before with Ron Francis and Peter Karmanov. I, I don't know. Like, there, it's hard for me to just make make a. Conclusion because I don't know all the facts. We know that we know that um, Berglin said that his agent didn't hand in the list, and then we have his agent saying that we he didn't even get a list. So I, I can't make a a decision because I don't know. I know barely. It seems like I know none of the facts except what's being told to me. But if 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 you have somebody, if you're claiming your agent didn't hand in your list, and that is the start of a process that where you lose 11 mil, you leave the league, you know, a, a league that you've worked your entire life to get to. Why would you not hold on to that? So why would you hold on to that agent? I have no idea. 
It, it feels like there's still something missing. I find it hard to believe that they'd go through all this work to make this video, to make this piece for Patrick Berglund. And not just that, but Patrick Berglund to just completely make up this story in, a, in, in what this hockey culture is trying to change to. I if that's the case that Patrick Ber that the the case here is that he didn't want to be in Buffalo, but he's making it out to seem that it's it's because of the whole trade from St. Louis and the whole agent situation. I find that that would be a whole different level of disturbing because look at what we're trying to move towards with players being open with with players uh, telling. Telling the P with players telling the PA what's going on, with players telling management with of what's going on. Like, look at what the PA just did when it comes to when it comes to the Bill Peters situation and the Babcock situation. They fully said you you should tell us what is going on. So something like this, if he's just making this all up or he's hyping it up, that's a whole different level of disturbing. I feel like, sure, maybe he didn't necessarily like. It's quite obvious he didn't want to be in Buffalo from the start. That's why he was on the. That's why they were on the twenty team list. But I don't think he goes through all this to hype up a minor reason. I. I. What is there any more else we need to say about this situation? Because I don't think we're going to agree here. But I, I think one thing we can agree with. Uh, shout out to Chris Johnson. Because uh, this was, I think the moment this situation happened, it was probably one of the biggest what the hell is going on. Somebody needs to find out what's happening here. And Chris Johnson, to his credit, has done, has done it. Yeah. But I don't, so I don't get what we disagree on. Are you saying that Buffalo is the full reason or the sole or a major reason? I'd say it's at least 85%. So it has nothing to do. So he just made all that up or he just hyped everything up. So I'm trying to understand what you think his process was on this situation. I'm not, I'm not saying it's 100%. Oh, I'm in Buffalo. I'm going to leave now. I'm sure that the situation there took a strain on his mental like being and all that but i, I just uh, i think if 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 it's not buffalo then this doesn't happen or if it's not if that if the whole 10 game winning streak isn't followed up by what by a normal buffalo safety season then this doesn't happen but during their 10 game winning streak was he not on the fourth line was he not performing well like he was not performing well then that's on him. Right. And that's... You can't tell me also that it's it's not unique. That it's the second player in three years to say that he's lost his passion there. But he... Yeah, I'm not arguing that Buffalo doesn't play a factor in it. It's obvious that Buffalo played a factor in it because they were on the 20-team 20 20 trade list. But going back to July 2nd, the fact that, that he was traded to a team he didn't want to be traded to, play it could have been any of those 20 teams. 
and a similar situation would have unfolded. I don't know what else you want me to say. I, I think I've made my standpoint very clear here. Uh, I'm not going to change it. Okay, let's go Montreal. All right. <laughs> no, are you sure you want to start with Toronto? <laughs> I only have one point. Sure, I can. Um, they won. Michael Hutchison is not the is not the guy. Yeah, they the they won, but what am I going to say about the win? They look better with Sheldon Keefe. I mean, they still have their problems, but I'm not going to complain about them because I've complained about them already. It's a mat now. It's a matter of Sheldon Keefe showing why he's the guy for the job. But the one thing I do want to talk about is the backup goalie situation. And it's obvious that Michael Hutchinson is, is not the guy. Now, I know people are going to come and make the excuses that they just don't perform well in front of him. But at the end of the day, he does have to make the important saves. And he can't let in all the, the chances. What does the John Morales say? It'd be nice if we could get a save. Yeah, and that's what I say when I watch Michael Hutchinson play. I, I, I don't. We've had this discussion before, but I think this is—it's gone to a point where it's not. We can't just blame it on Babcock anymore and his and his system or his coaching style. It's now it's Sheldon Keefe. Either do you want to try Kasky Swole again? Or does Kyle Dubas need to go out there and make a trade? Which I think he might have to. That's your answer. I saw after the Comrie trade, there were a lot of people saying, ah, well, there goes that option. So who else is there now to look at? Who's next on the list of potential backups you would like to see? Well, there's Alex Stalock, but there were problems there when he came to Toronto. Uh, I believe it was the James Reimer trade. It just didn't... The relationship really wasn't there, but it was also a different management. But that's a whole different set of issues. Um, There's Tristan Yari in Pittsburgh or Casey DeSmith. Now, the Casey DeSmith one would have to be some type of salary. I don't know what the hell they'd have to do but they'd have to move some salary around. But other than that, I'm not 100% sure if there is uh, any other goalie who fits the cap system or fits the cap right now. I was looking, I saw some tweets and I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to, to get your, 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 your thoughts here. Uh, what's up with Morgan Riley? He just does not look good. And I don't know if I, I think now that, now that we know Cody CC is really bad and you're now just solely focusing on Morgan Riley, he doesn't even look good, like very good in his own zone. I don't know what the problem is, but there's obviously something wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if he's injured. I don't know if that's the reason he's not doing well. Uh, I don't know if you remember a while ago. Or still, he's been, he's like a couple weeks, up to a couple weeks ago, I remember he was missing practices 
So why don't you just deal with the injury? Like, you know, you can bring up Rasmus Sandin and you can shift the lines around rather than having to play Martin Marinson or uh, Kevin Gravel. Why don't you play Rasmus Sandin? And I think now with Sheldon Keefe, I think he'd he'd thrive under Sheldon. Sandin would thrive under Sheldon Keefe. I just don't know if they're willing to to get Riley to take some time off. I was going to ask you about Rasha Sandin because I haven't heard from him in a while, but I'm looking at his numbers in the Marlies. Uh, as a 19-year-old defenseman, 10 points, 12 games. What about Lilligren? Because, of course, there was talk about how those two would be called up as a pairing. So I, I have to find the tweet. I don't remember off the top of my head who it was, but I did see a tweet saying uh, Rasmus, uh, not Rasmus, Timothy Lilligren, even though the number, the stat, the score sheet might not say this, he has looked good for a 20 year old this year uh, in the, in the AHL. Now, I don't know what his stats are. I'm going to get, get them up right now, but that for me is, is a good thing because last year, there were all these talks that he was a bust. And even earlier into the season, apparently he's a bust. But he's 20. He's 20 years old. He has 11 points in 17 games. There's been so much about that guy since his draft year. Well, because he was supposed to be a top five pick. And then he got mono. He dropped to uh, mid first round pick. And then he, it was just it was a mess, man. But I think he's going. He's going to be a. I don't know when he's going to be a leaf. If it's not, I think if it's not this year, for sure next year, because next year is going to be interesting when some defensemen will not be back. You ever look at the 2017 draft and think, oh, "That's a strange." One. Let me pull it up. Who I went can't. first overall? No, uh, it was. Um, I have Nolan Powell. It was it was Nico Heischer. Yes. Then Nolan too. Wait, why is why is that weird? Why is it a weird draft? No, just because like I look at the 2017 draft, I'm like, all right. Uh, Grimm was supposed to be a lot higher, but obviously you know, they had mono, and then everyone was like, Blark. Remember how in the games he always went first overall? Uh, I look at Ellie Tolvin, who was a later round pick, and all the stuff around him. I see how Morgan Frost has made the Flyers now. It looks great. I look at, you know, the I look at the top five and I think, what the hell is going on there? Because it's, it's Nolan Patrick can't stay healthy and how lucky the Flyers got to move up there. I look at Nico, like, that's, you know, a good player. But then you look at, you look at three, four, five, Pedersen, Makar, and Heiskanen, right? Yeah, and, and you and, look like, what the hell was going on? Yeah. And I wonder what was going on. Was it a matter of, I don't know. Like, what was the, I'd like to know what the thinking is or what the thinking was behind no one even talking about Heisken and Makar or Pedersen as a top two pick uh, or what going number one or two because all we heard all year was he, Shea, and Patrick. Merrick said that there were two or three teams that had actually had Pedersen at number one. And I know one of them were Nashville. 
But it's a it's a very strange draft to look at. Nolan Patrick had questions too because I believe he had a shoulder injury with Brandon, Brandon Wheat Kings earlier in the year, and there was a bit of a divide between him and Nico. So like Nico Heischer is a top five pick, but it's just he's probably not. He, he's not. He wouldn't if you did a redraft. He's top five, but he's definitely not number one on that list, right? No, I think he goes four or three, three or four. And it's also a weird draft that it, it took another year for a lot of them to come in and be what they are. Like, Heiskanen's a bit weird. But then you look at McCarr and Patterson. They took, you know, McCarr took the two years in the NCAA came in. Was, and we know you, Colorado won't shut up about him. And Elias Patterson took the other year, came back, and now he's nearly point per game so far in his career and has completely turned around that franchise. And yeah. Then, you go further down, you look at a guy like Cody Glass who's playing, who's been kind of back and forth. Casey Millisat's been the same with um, the lads over in Buffalo. Apparently, he hasn't looked too good. Like, I was reading that from Buffalo from Buffalo fans. Yeah. Gabriel Velarde also can't stay healthy with the Kings. Martin Nacast has been good. Nick Suzuki's been good. Eric Brandstrom, I think we're all waiting. I think, I think Eric Brandstrom, like this year, you won't hear about him. And next, I have a feeling something big's going to happen with him. It's just, I don't know. I look at 2017 and I always think, you are a weird, weird draft. Well, we'll see. I mean, listen, uh, it's it's been two, three years since they were drafted, like two and two and a half years. There, give them some time. Alex, my team has lost seven straight. I have no patience anymore. Yeah, join the club, man. At least you can make the playoffs. I mean, have some man, it's 2017, guy. I miss playoffs. I know, but join the no patience club. Well, it's a pretty least, cool club, to be honest. You're going to make it, though. Anything else on the Leafs front do you want to talk about? Not really. Yeah, all right. But I do have some questions for you. Ah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I like my steak. I'm a big fan of a, uh, a prime rib steak, eight ounce from the keg, get it done medium, really good. I, I wish I could ask you questions about food, but I have to ask you the tough questions. Yeah, I mean, uh, like onion shavings with your steak's really good. What get, is get going on? What is going on with the Montreal Canadiens? Oh, Alex, there's... See, you know what sucks? That the Arpin Bossu article is exactly what I can try and tell you here. Um, the Habs of their last four games, three of them have had more than 40 shots. They didn't allow a odd man rush in the first 40 minutes of the game yesterday against the Flyers, which was really good. The power play looked good, got a good chance. The penalty kill looked good as well. It was a step in the right direction. It's just, it sucks that Max Domi got turnstiled by Ivan Provorov in overtime. So um, I'm, I missed overtime, but I saw the th- – I know I saw this, the entire third period for sure. I really like the text I sent you that said – where is it? It was about Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott? Remember when yeah. he was 
Blues against Chicago in that one playoff run. He was a god. That was interesting. Okay, I can't find it, but I remember it. Whoa. It said, is that Brian Elliott in net or Ron Hextall? I can't tell. Ah. <laughs> because he looked really good yesterday. Oh, yeah, he, he did. did. He did. I don't remember the last time I saw Brian Elliott that, like, play like that. Yeah, it's called against the Blackhawks when he was a blue in the first round of the playoffs a few years ago. That's when Brian Elliott was good. Oh. It's just it, Victor Mete's hurt. He didn't fly with the team, so he's not playing against the Bruins in a few hours, which is hard. You know what's really annoying, Alex, now that I have you here that I want to mention? So the Habs win the faceoff. They go offside, right? And in before they 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 blow the before they drop the faceoff for the next shift, they go to the tunnel. And, and Jonathan Druin's there in his sweater, and you, you start get you start feeling really good. Then they go to the Flyers bench and they show Michelle Terry, and then you're thinking, oh boy, the Habs are gonna like you start getting really excited. Like by the way, watching this game, I felt a lot better than I have in their other games because like it, it, it looks like old Montreal again, like the real the team that they were earlier in the year. So you get really bumped. You see Drew, and they're going to win the pair. And there's Michelle Terrien on the other end. We're going to get a big win. And then Domi gets humiliated. But yeah, Victor Mete is gone. And it's really hurt. It's really sad. Really, really sad. So since last episode, how many games have they played? One? Uh, was the last game again? Who was the last game again? It was before New Jersey, wasn't it? Because I, I made the... No. It, 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 it's been two more games. It was before New Jersey because I said... I tried to make a Lord of the Rings thing about casting the ring back and the losing streak yes. starts for the Devils. Yes. So it's been two games in the Flyers in New Jersey. Have the has the power play looked different? Oh yeah, it looked really good last night, including another sensational pass from Suzuki to Tatar the Bay Area. Yeah. Are they change okay. Is Claude Julian changing lines or changing anything right now he, that they're in a slump uh he had to well he kind of had to make changes on defense with victor mete but i know today they're putting brett kulak in so there there were some on the fly stuff but he didn't the the, the only problem is against new jersey i can't remember because they let in like five <clears throat> chances and i was too angry but they didn't need to against the devils because they were probably the better team throughout so like I couldn't tell you, like he had he had to with defense. That's the problem. So okay, he, he took what up is up, which is good. So that's great. What is up with Carey Price? Um, see, there was a thing of they left him out to dry, but at the same time there were chances that he needs to stop. And the big thing with Carey Price is whenever Carey Price is bad, it becomes the biggest story. And I'm not de- I'm not defending his play. He does need to be better. And the numbers suggest that he will, of course, rebound. And I'm very confident that he will. And it's just Elliot Friedman was saying the worst part is when you see Carey Price lose his cool, and he did against the Devils. Uh, yeah, he just he hasn't been good. He has not been good enough. Is is simply is simply put what Carey Price has been this month. So, because do you think that that they're just hitting hot goalies, or is it because you're getting tons of shots, right? Last night you got forty shots. 
and, oh, dude. and against New Jersey. An offense is not a problem right now. It's 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 the back end of the ice. It's playing in your own zone. The only issues with the forwards, I would say, is is back checking, and the play in their own zone. Which which I you know I haven't shut up about for probably the last three episodes. But again, that's that is is Carey Price getting the best support? No, but at the same time, you know, what did you say about Hutchinson? You'd love to get a save. Yeah, but the difference between Hutchinson and Carey Price is like ten million dollars. Yeah, I know. That's what makes it worse. Yeah. Listen, I don't sit there and think because he makes ten million dollars that don't you know don't be a dick to him, which you know the Habs fans love to. Because you know it's not like he's your winning this goalie in franchise history. It's not like oh you know maybe guys he's earned the respect that you refuse to give him, but you know. Uh, but there, there's no excuses for how he's been playing. There really is. But at the same time, do I think he's going to rebound? Of course I do. It's Carey Price, dude. And also, you don't want to look at it, but the guy has seven years on his deal left. Uh, he, they can't afford... I'm not saying Carey Price has hit, has hit the end of his career here, talent-wise, but you know, it's always in the back of your mind. I, I hate to admit it, but do I look well, at Capit and think, oh, crap, like, like one bad injury and they're screwed? Yeah, but... Well, he's 32, and we always talk about uh, with goalies, they have a weird peak, right? We've talked about it before. You look at someone like Henrik Lundqvist and how good he, how long he was so good for. Mark Andre Fleury. Mark Andre Fleury. Pekka Rene on his on his on alternate years. <laughs> Not this year. Sergey Sergey Bobrovsky on alternate years. Is when do you see this contract becoming a problem for the Canadians? Oh, in in three. Well, a lot of people when they talk about Carey Price, they think about his health, Alex. But if you've looked at it, last two seasons, Carey Price has been very healthy. When you look at it, now we've had he's had like the flu in that, like you know, missed a few games. But you know, every player gets hurt. So is the is is it going to be an issue in in four or five years? Probably, yes, the back half of the deal will be a problem, but you're a rich team, LTIR, and at the same time, the cap is going up and up, and by that time, should be up a significant amount. Is it still a terrible cap hit? Yes, but it's going to be the back... It's it's going to be the same as a lot of deals around league. It's going to be the back half of that contract that's a problem, but a lot of people give Bergeron crap for his, his cap management and how he's not using it. Um, with the carry price contract, I appreciate that he's, he's a bit careful with it because we're going to need it. And that's a whole different issue about um, all these deals being horrible on the back half. Have you that's ever it. thought about how crap the cap's going to look in about five years for teams? You know how funny it's going to be when there's a lockout and they get the compliance buyouts and you look at the players who are going to get bought out? The Sharks are going to be hilarious. I I think in 20, when they had the 2012, 2013, I think they got one. Each team got one. It could be two, but I, I could be totally wrong. If it's one, I'd like to see what each team does. And it's going to look, I, I think the league would have to take a look at itself and say, wow, did we, where did we go wrong? Because... <laughs> And, and and how long we've been going for an hour, so I'm gonna go on this for a little bit. Yep. 
I, I think there it, it's a major problem a problem that we just that teams continue to to dig a hole in and no one wants to talk about. I don't hear anyone talking about the off well we all know that these contracts are awful but all we do is say it and no one's doing anything about it. They're all win now, eh? They're, They're all-, all win and and you you you're not, apparently you're not allowed to pay players for what they will become. Should Alex Petrangelo get an 8-year deal at the age of 30? Oh yeah, he will. No, he will, but should he get one? If you oh, are so- thinking if you're if you're being smart about the cap and and how hockey players are, how it should he be- get an 8-year deal? A big two-way, tough, hard-hitting defenseman who just had a massive playoff run where he won the cup, and is thirty years old. Yeah, no, that's a terrible deal. In three and four years, when he gets it, he should not make it, but he will get it. That's the problem I have. Is we just there people play uh, teams are just handing out contracts like there's no tomorrow because most of these GMs aren't going to be the team's GM when when it becomes a problem. No, and no one cares. I think they should. They should take a look. I think they should take a look at contract length, but I know that won't happen. It sounds like a lot of people don't want that. I mean, you look at the NBA. Everyone loves the NBA. You can max sign five years. Yeah, but that's a problem when you have the whole teams lining up, like players lining up to go somewhere, like specific. I I don't like that. But that's a basketball issue. That's not a, that's not. I don't know if that would come about in hockey because well, that's I think it would. That's a, but that's a hot. That's a basketball mentality. You can put two star players on a team, and, and I know Edmonton is the outlier here, but we know that. One player doesn't do as much as one basketball player does for a team, unless your name's Connor McDavid. Who? Unless your name is Connor McDavid. Never heard of him. Oh, that's good. Is he good? Eh, he's okay. That's oh, what wow. I. That's what I hear. He looks really sad as well. Just, I just want to mention this one thing about Montreal. How much do you know about uh, about young Noah Jolson? I know a little bit about him. So, of course, he took a puck to, like, the face, and it ended up he got, like, concussion problems and that. And so it looked like he was healthy this year, but then he was starting to get bad headaches still, so he went to a doctor. And this is the newest thing update from him. I believe this is from uh, Renaud Lavoie. Noah Jolson feels good enough to get back to action time in Syracuse. Oh, no, no, sorry. This was before it. So after the game in Syracuse, I believe the, ha- the Laval Rockets, who won it, uh, shout out to Jake Evans, who scored in that game. Doesn't deserve a call-up, though. Uh, the headaches were worse and that. So it would really suck because he was penciled in to be, like, Montreal's top six defenseman probably last year, year before. And it's just his whole career has just been derailed by it. And, of course, the emergence of Kale Flurry doesn't help him. And just, yeah, it just sucks when you see the happen to a prospect. Yeah, it does. I hope he comes back. Like, uh, what are the t- 
talks of him coming back. I he, the la- that last update about how his headaches still aren't improving was the last update we got, so it's not looking good. I guess we'll see. Uh, Alex, I'm doing my last Twitter check right now. Um, there's nothing like when you open Twitter and you see a kitten playing with a dog. Uh, Eric Angles has changed his profile picture on Twitter. That's not cool. <laughs> Uh, the first star of the month is Connor McDavid. Uh, rookie what a surprise. Of, rookie of the month is Kale McCarr. Uh, did you know that the Canucks lead the NHL with a plus 13 power play goal differential? Wow. No, I didn't. Um, I think that's everything. Awesome. All right. Uh, well, if you enjoyed this podcast... You should go ahead and subscribe to this show or wherever you're listening to your podcast. You should leave a review. You should rate. Give us five stars. Why not? Why not? Thank you, Alex. Appreciate it. Of course, uh, check out the show's YouTube and Instagram profiles. Check out my YouTube channel as well when I talk about the Habs. Uh, maybe check out Daniel's stuff. I know we say it, but, you know, like, whatever. Tweet him to stop being so late. And I think that is everything, Alex. That is everything. All right. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Two on One podcast.